You can't drink like me. You can't smoke like me. Let's party together. Oh my goodness. everybody and welcome back to another episode of the hole in none fantasy golf podcast with me words and my neighbor the softcore king mr dody fayade <laughs> hi johnny hey words <laughs> the new nickname huh <laughs> yes so. i'll tell you that sex talk really divided our listeners out there last week we got a lot of dude what the fuck are you guys talking about mighty ducks cucking charlie's mom like what the f- <laughs> Or like, you guys, we need more soft core talk. <laughs> Who was pissed? <laughs> Who's the fucking loser that was pissed? No comment. <laughs> Wasn't it? Chose to remain anonymous. Cucks, <laughs> Cucks uh, Goldberg. Someone else said that. Was that Chapo said something about that maybe? But anyways. Yeah, I thought it was great. Great reception. It was, it was a good one. <laughs> We were both just horny as hell. <laughs> it was Masters Thursday, Wednesday. What am I supposed to be? It's hard sitting across from each other and not just thinking about sex. God. <laughs> just joking. Yeah, just kidding. <laughs> well, hey, Sean, how's it going? Hey, good words. Shit. How are you? A good reason. I think that the sex talk really translated over well to the Masters after Reagan Sink tried to front hump his dad after a hole in one. <laughs> you, you know what I found out? Dad, come here! Stuart <laughs> was like, no. There's a few things that I took away from that. One, how many people reached out to us after that happened? <laughs> yeah. hey, well, my, my phone did blow up after we saw Ray, had a Reagan sighting. Did you know that it was Reagan's birthday? <laughs> yeah, after the fact, yeah, yeah, not during the time. If I knew it during the time, I think my head might have exploded. Did you see how pissed Reagan looked whenever like he really had a slow embrace with Harry Higgs? Like Harry Higgs gave him a real close hug, and Reagan was like, "What the fuck? Get off of him!" <laughs> He's. Reagan. I just noticed Stuart being like Reagan. Okay, get off me, son. Like I'm not even happy. I hit a hole in one right now. Yeah, he missed the cut, <laughs> but you know he still He's made a, a hole. Kid. He still made a hole in one. Um, and then I saw something today, you know, obviously Stu is the defending champ this week. And so he had to defend, you know, he's not just caddying for me cause he's my son. He could caddy for anybody out here on tour. Sure. Yeah, I think he's saying that cause he wants him off the bag. <laughs> yeah. Son, I'm tired of your shit. Hey Reagan, why don't you go find somebody else younger to loop for and then just like leave him out of a job. <laughs> he has to go back to where I think he worked for like Delta before he, he worked. I think he did work for Delta prior to, cause you know, sinks a. Uh, Georgia Tech guy. Yeah. So I think he lives Atlanta. in Atlanta. Sure. So. Uh, no, I think, yeah, Stu wants, probably wants to, hey, Reagan, I got your new stepmom's going to be on the bag now. <laughs> I'm going Lee Westwood. Yeah. Get some of that more vigor on the bag for me, son. Doesn't he have a pretty, like, he and his wife have been together for a long time, right? Or Yeah, no? I had a, okay. heard a rumor that, like, during a, his high time, he had a really bad season. It was because she caught him uh, 
fucking all he was just walk walking fuck fest there we go yeah. tell I, me more about Stu sink fucking like was it young chicks might have been some jewelry receipts that didn't exactly <laughs> go to his wife you know what i'm saying he had a couple of college girls in each town he went to yeah now we're talking that's the Stu sink i like back when he fucking personally killed tom watson back in the whatever oh you know eight what no was it? it was like 12 or 13 yeah i don't know <laughs> Three years ago, it was like 2013, wasn't it? I was so sad. Yeah, two years ago. Yeah, that was bad, and and Stewart Sink just absolutely fucked him up in that playoff too. So, hell, he probably had a girl over there, over the over the overseas there at Carnoustie. Well, John, since we seem to be making ourselves right at home on the casting couch, I guess news item number one. We don't need to get into who died yet. A lot of people died this week. I don't even know if we want to go there. Okay. <laughs> let's let let's let's have a celebration of life and celebrate someone who escaped from her kidnappers and made it home back to her husband. What is it? Sherry Sherry Papini? Sherry Papini. Yeah. No, this was uh made national news back when it actually happened, but like I was getting ready to go to work today and I see uh, Jerry Papini copped a plea deal today, and so the story here. And this Jerry is a pretty cute blonde been, girl. I remember it's been a couple. I think it was Cali, 2016. Right? Okay, yeah, so it's been a yeah. while. She uh, was charged with staging her own disappearance, and I guess she copped a plea deal today because it was basically like she she admitted that she made it all up, and it was like, hey, bitch, you better fucking admit because not only did they exhaust like a massive, massive search effort for her during the time, like. It was like early November, I think, yeah, 2016, and she finally uh, was found on Thanksgiving, uh, 150 miles away from her northern uh, California home. So, so like a, just a couple weeks? Yeah, I mean, <laughs> I, three weeks, two, three weeks, but yeah. Was uh, she married? <laughs> she was married, and she had two kids, and basically, um, she was just hiding out with her Those ex-boyfriend. Hot-nosed kids. She wasn't ready for the holidays. <laughs> she, yeah, she went home on Thanksgiving. It was like, I kind of feel bad now. Maybe we should, maybe I should go home. <laughs> but uh, she told police she was abducted by two Hispanic women and held at gunpoint um, and worked with an FBI sketch artist to come up with a sketch of her alleged kidnappers. In both these, they looked like some pretty ragged, run-down, thug Hispanic women, like bandana wearing Hispanic women, like you with a wig, basically like me and Maria Fossey could have been <laughs> the two people that kidnapped her. Um, but she went as far to whenever she like was quote found, she like ran, you know, she was spotted like running somewhere, but she like beat the shit had her had her boyfriend and her like her like beat the shit out of herself and oh. then branded her branded they, they branded her to to go along like I didn't make this up I'm see look I'm branded <laughs> can you imagine the boyfriend's like how about I just beat the shit out of you I don't need a fucking brand take this to fucking brand me yeah and I think part of what actually like how how they were able to kind of catch this is the boyfriend finally like caved it's like okay the bitch fucking she made me brand her like a fucking psycho. I told her just leave her husband and come off with me. I didn't tell her to stage a kidnapping. <laughs> yeah. So uh, her husband must feel like a terrible cuck. And I haven't gone as far. I think uh, I haven't quite figured this out, but I'm sure I could have words. You and I know that we don't uh, fact check, but. Um, what does your gut tell you? I wouldn't be surprised. Like, it doesn't say anything if she's still with her husband. Like, I think she oh, probably... He stood by her side. <laughs> I, I, I hope not. <laughs> he but, didn't want to uh, fucking deal with his shitty kids. Yeah, so now she is facing... Um, she's facing 
uh, there's two different charges, mail fraud and making false statements to a federal agent. And those carry a fucking five-year $250,000 fine and a 20-year $250,000 fine, respectively, if convicted. So obviously with the plea deal, she's probably not going to get all that, but I got to imagine they're going to want to compensate uh, those detectives for their time looking for her bitch ass while she was just getting it on with her ex-boyfriend. Just fucking behind her husband and kids' backs. <laughs> so Where'd they go? Like I, They just hung Bakersfield? out. Bakersfield? Yeah, they just, just hung out in CD-ass motel? Ugh. They just hung out in his basement like... <laughs> Mom! Yeah. Um, but yeah, basically... All right. She, sick yeah. fuck. Sherry Papini copped a plea deal. November 2nd was when she disappeared. She was <laughs> approximately yeah. 2 p.m. She was jogging or walking alone. Yeah. Um, totally. So, <laughs> I'm deeply ashamed hey, of myself. Hey, honey, I'm just going to go for a jog. <laughs> what? You, you've you never been exercising in your entire life. Run the fuck away. Uh, I'm s- deeply ashamed of the myself for the behavior and so sorry for the pain I've caused my family, my friends, and all the good people who needlessly suffered because of my story and those who worked so hard to try to to try to help me. See, I would have accepted that apology. I think her <laughs> husband probably would have too, but she had to have like at least work in that she was horny. <laughs> yeah, I, would, I just, was so horny. I mean, come on. Every now and then it's like, oh, that old girlfriend, what I do for one last time. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, most people think that, Not right? us. <laughs> Not us. The best guys around. That's right. But yeah, no, she, uh, it'll be interesting to see what happens. So, uh, and my, my wife was the one who brought this up. They're definitely going to make some sort of sick... Uh, documentary and or like three part series about this shit. I would hope. I hope so too. Oh, I'm trying to think. Of talk who about would. a, a soft core. <laughs> Put me behind this thing. I can make it a fucking soft core. It's like first she's doing her husband. And it's like this sucks. And then all of a sudden it's like you know what? I want to go back to Jared. Let's brand her ass. <laughs> yeah, and like that was all part of like the like violent erotica like type shit like her and her boyfriend were doing. It's like. Well, now you we're going to have to say two Hispanic women beat the shit out of me to hide these bruises and this brand on my ass if I go back to my family. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, you are hearing a beautiful mind at work right now. This is what creativity is. You want to be a star, don't you? Anyway, Boom. so that's it. On that one, <laughs> on that one, we'll flip from some more softcore talk right into Will Wilcox, some, some hardcore drug talk. What, this was a, a formal PGA Tour player, like had his full-on PGA Tour card. And then uh, fell in some tough times. And it wasn't like old Robert Garrigus, old our boy who just, you know, take his dugout into a into a Porter John right in the middle of a round. This this guy was doing some some hot shot of H. <laughs> yeah, so actually, crazy fucking story here. And I'm sure hopefully a lot of people have seen it. And again, don't necessarily like making fun of the fact that this guy was a fucking straight up drug addict, but like that was the kind of title of, of the excerpt I read. Um, and I, I yeah, it was only PGA tour.com, wasn't it? No, it was, it was some sort of, uh, fire pit collective is who did the, did Oh, the, the same guy that broke Phil's comments. All yeah, right. Yeah. Mark Baldwin was who wrote this and he like talked to him, uh, in depth. But, uh, I remember Will Wilcox, like he had a great career kind of here and there was bouncing back and forth from the, uh, corn Ferry tour. And like this guy was literally he he injected heroin a few times, but at one point of his career, he said, and I quote, he was snorting uh, shag bags full uh, full of heroin. Like that was not literal, I don't think. But he was like, at this point in time of my life, I was doing, I was snorting a shag bag full of 
heroin. Yikes. And so he was doing all sorts of opiates. Like that was where it all Is that started. where I started like painkillers and stuff? So he, he was a, at a young kid. He was very, very talented. And so at like 13, he starts hanging out with these like 17, 18 year old kids that are playing at the same golf course as him. So he, his mom was a teaching pro at this place. And so he basically just got in with an older crowd at a young age, and that's when he was introduced to smoking weed and taking pills. Uh, the kids then called them birdie pills, which you got to think with like Adderall speed. Ooh. Let me tell you, those work on the golf course. Um, <laughs> but don't use them. Don't use them. But when I have, I've played great. Um, <laughs> um, but it's not an endorsement, right? No, it's not an endorsement. I'm just saying I think everyone knows it's almost like Adderall is 100% a performance enhancer. Just so. Just go in. <laughs> but anyway. Go into Mosaic and ask what the closest thing to Adderall is. That'll, that'll do you better, right? It's called Genius. Shout out, Reed. Yes. Um, so he won over $2.5 million uh, playing in his professional career, most of which he blew on drugs. He was doing hundreds of painkillers, opiates, um, Oxycontin, uh, hydrocodone, all that shit. Um, and, and here's what's crazy. He made a hole-in-one on hole 17 at TPC Sawgrass at like the 2016 uh, Players' Championship. At Sawgrass. Yeah. <laughs> like, I don't remember. On it. the Island Green. He made a fucking hole-in-one. And this was like at the deepest of his drug addiction. And, and no one knew about it. No one. Um, he, he pulled out of multiple tournaments, mid tournament, just to go basically get, I'm Jones and I gotta get out of here. Yeah, Like literally he's like tied for 24th heading into the weekend and like goes to his buddy's apartment so he can get all fucked up on drugs. Wow. Yeah. And one of the craziest things I, I saw about this is that when Lanto Griffin was basically down and out, he had $170 in his bank account living with his mom. Will Wilcox invited Lanto to play with him or to live with him for free. And practice with him all this shit. And, like, Lanto is, like, always just thought he was tired. Like, Lanto himself said he was naive to drugs and, like, what he was doing. And eventually he figures it out. He confides in him, like, Will Wilcox confides in Lanto that he's, like, addicted to opiates. Yeah, I'm not sleepy. I'm literally chasing the dragon right now. Lanto literally, like, had no money left. And he caddied for uh, Will Wilcox. I forget what tournament it was, but, like, he had no status. He was playing fucking small-ass tournaments, Lanto. Yeah. And Will Wilcox yeah. has him caddy for him in, like, I want to say it was, like, it was the Greenbrier. And he finished T-4th, won, like, like $25,000, cut Lanto a check for 17000 And Holy Lanto, man. like, credits that for getting him back. Back on the tour. On the tour. And, you know, Lanto eventually got to, like, top 50 in the world. And he's still on tour, obviously. And Lanto's won, like, $6 million now. Yeah. But, like... It was because Will Wilcox because Will threw him Wilcox, a bone yeah. when he was all drugged the fuck out. He didn't pull a coocher on him. Yeah, and so finally, uh, long story short, and here's like the good thing, uh, he's he's sober now. He's sober, yeah. And he's going to try to start doing some Monday qualifiers, but he's 36 years old. He's he's retired, he's teaching, but like apparently he might go do some Monday qualifiers. But this guy was so fucking talented. Like he literally, he has a, an addictive personality, so... He could go hit balls for hours, and he was a great ball striker, well-rounded player. He led he's top 10 in several categories, like strokes, gains, stuff like that, but he would like be trembling, shaking on drugs during the tournaments and stuff. And so 
I really, really recommend you guys going to read the article from Fire Pit Collective. The title is simply, I was a drug addict with a PGA Tour card. Will Wilcox shares his vivid detail of his fight against heroin, birdie pills, and other narcotics and ha- the harrowing experiences he endured du- during his career. Wow. A long read, but an unbelievable read, especially if you've maybe kind of been down the same road. Words. like we've said many a times i'm glad neither one of us have knowingly done heroin yeah (laughs) knowingly exactly um but yeah i mean it was just it was just crazy he was buying 200 to 300 uh, hydrocodones at a time yikes paying people uh he paid a guy 1500 dollars to drive some to him uh, at a tournament i mean crazy that is a good read yeah so anyways (laughs) well yeah Oh, I got just one more crazy thing. He actually made the FedEx Cup playoffs in, let's see, it was, I don't know what year. It was like 2015 or 16. He finished 97th in the standings, so he pocketed a $75,000 bonus. He withdrew before the TPC Boston, where if he would have made the cut, it would have jumped to 175000 But he simply just was like, oh, I got seventy five grand. Fuck playing next week. I want to go do drugs. I'm out. Yeah. Can't do it again. So. Long season. Wow, that is pretty heavy shit. I mean, to be uh, a functioning addict, there aren't too many functioning heroin addicts, I wouldn't think. Yeah. Especially on tour. Yeah, no, he, uh, pretty crazy. Well, there's no better pivot than from a little light heroin talk right into Augusta National for (laughs) the Masters, John. Yes. Where? Scotty Scheffler. Johnny, look at me when I say Scotty Scheffler. Rostered. Yeah. Hey, words. Scotty Scheffler, the hottest player in the world. What the fuck is he on right now? (laughs) He's won four out of six. Some people don't even consider the match play a win, but he won over $2 million for that. Who's who's, uh, in a better position right now, Scotty Scheffler or that fucking weirdo Ted Scott? Ted Scott. <laughs> Did you see his stupid video he put up? Yeah, I couldn't, I couldn't get all the way through I couldn't either. It. He's like riding a fucking dirt bike around his yard with his dog chasing him and shit. He above just any drop of hat. Like, how can I post something without my shirt on? Yeah, you're right. <laughs> um, yeah, words. one of the things you said to me this morning, and, and I, I responded back to you with, oh, this is great conversation, because you said, I'll have my picks in, because that way I won't have to take 40 minutes if you remember correctly, last week you wanted to kill yourself, <laughs> and we joked yes. that we joked yeah. that you might kill yourself before, like if you theoretically would have picked Zalatoris and he had a five foot putt to win, that you would have just killed yourself before he hit the putt. <laughs> so I recall, and I appreciate that you made your picks earlier today, so we didn't have to wait on your ass. But as you said, and it it looked like they paid off you taking the extra time making your picks, right? Man, man, am I glad I chose that guy. Yeah, uh, shit, man. It's just so funny. Thursdays are always such a trip because you and I are both, like, no matter what is happening in the tournament, just like, oh, God, no. Like, what the fuck? I was beating up myself very badly. Tiger Strong was on my ass big time for not being on Sungjae, and I took Lowry instead. And Sungjae was on the short list. And I was like, God, I am right. I'm wrong. I'm a bad father. <laughs> I'm a bad father. Yeah, and then C Rob, of course, is like, I'm a bigger Sung J guy than you. Like, it's always been like that. I'm like, fuck you. Just because you have a Sung J hat, like you had custom made some bullshit. I'm gonna start learning fucking Korean. I wonder. Yeah, I wonder how many of those hats are in existence. I know. I know our boy Pat Perez for Prez has one. C Rob has one, but I don't know who else has one. 
Pat Perez has one. Pat Perez for Perez. Ev. Ev, yeah. I didn't know Ev had one. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's awesome. Okay. But it, it well, C-Rob made him, you know. But, um, yeah, no, it, it looked like, obviously, Sung Jae came out a great start, but the start of all starts, Tiger Woods. I mean, obviously, that came out of nowhere with Tiger. Not nowhere, but you and I both talked about it. I think you were in the position that, obviously, no chance he contends, but making the cut has to be huge, a success huge. for everyone. Yes. Probably over, over uh, by far, more than a lot of people expected. Obviously, the weekend did not play out the way it wanted to for Tiger, but the way he was limping down the stretch was also kind of, like, troubling. I mean, I, I do expect him to be at Southern Hills, but we're walking, watching him take that stroll off 18, going up the, you know, the, the walk, you know, the walk yeah. leaving in the 18th hole, and, like, he's got, like, a smile on his face, but it's more of a fucking grimace. And and Maggie says to me, he's like, God damn, like, he he's is, in pain. He is in a lot of pain. Like, yeah. I don't think he's going to play again. I love how he talks about pain, too, now. It's like Mr. T and Rocky Three. It's just like, pain is pain. I deal with pain all the time. That's just all it is, is pain. Even though he says it was, like, a lot worse than 08 U.S. Open, which is hard to imagine, just, like, hearing the crunch, even though you know it was from his spikes on the – on the cart path. That was on a Saturday, I think. But just hearing, you know, the crunch of his knee and seeing, I mean, how he almost couldn't finish. Mm -hmm. And then he ends up doing it. And he said it's a lot worse now. Um, I mean, Thursday, yeah, he looked he looked awesome, man. And as, as he was, like, kind of just nonchalantly saying, like, yeah, the golf swing, that's not the problem. The golfing is not the problem. And he, he backed that up on <laughs> Thursday. Did. It was fucking incredible to see. And I I had missed that so much, like watching Tiger pull off golf shots that you know, like he is exactly exactly the type of shots he's trying to hit, and he's pulling off. Um, I'll just say, you know, later in the week, putting it's just going to keep getting harder and harder for him, and I think that that kind of slips with age, just with the eyesight. He can't even fucking bend over to look at a putt right now. So yeah. hope maybe if his leg gets stronger, he'll he'll get a little bit better in that regard. But well, even Friday, you know, he comes out and. There's so much high hopes because, you know, he's he's T9 or, or so going after the first round, and, and he starts off like four over after five, and it's like, okay, well, there it went, and it's now become, fuck, let's just get in and make the cut. But for him to battle back the way that he did, uh, you know, he ends up shooting like four under or two under the rest of the way in, which for Friday, it was just great to see the flashes of brilliance oh. that we knew. It's like there's a belief that Tiger's gonna he's gonna win another fucking major. Jurors, yeah, plural. I'm like, okay, yeah. So I don't think he's going to Southern Hills. Though. The setup for the PGA in recent years has been more like U.S. Open than. Oh man, if you're listening to this, it's too fucking late. Uh, words and I, it's, it's about 10:30 p.m. We had a great rest of the show recorded, and of course, we had another fucking audio issue. So. Somebody was like, you got to find a way to back this shit up. And I'm like, well, we've recorded 120-something episodes now, and this has now happened like three times. So, unfortunately, um, this is what we got. Instead of words getting to rain shit on me for picking Scotty Scheffler and now leading me by a million dollars in the overall standings, I'm sitting here by myself trying to finish recording the show. So, I figured since we do still have some loyal listeners, I'm going to cut it off short. I'm going to go over the overall league standings, and I'm going to basically um, give words and eyes picks for the RBC uh, Heritage this weekend. So, the overall league standings, and I'm just going to act like words is right here next to me, just joking, because that's 
fucking lame. Um, winning overall first place, we had Bowen Hendricks, a.k.a. Lafferty Daniel. I will not say he's the original Lafferty Daniel, but there was two Lafferty Daniels, and I'm sorry, Bart, but this may now be the original Lafferty Daniel because he is going to be the first major champion, bringing in $500, winning $5.1 million, and racing up the charts just like me in words. Lafferty Daniel, Bowen Hendricks, he had Scotty Scheffler, Rory McIlroy, and Cam Smith. He's also the half-brother of Harris English. I'm not even fucking kidding you there. Um, in second place, Barry Threewood, Scotty Scheffler, Rory McIlroy, and he went with his gut with Tiger Woods as his last pick. That might have cost him. That's Bailey Jordans. Congrats, Bailey, on second place. That's going to set you up well for the overall majors championship moving forward. A four-way tie for third, or yeah, a four-way tie for third. Tramadol, Roan Bird, Dallas, Daryl, that's J.P. Delavadeen, also tied for third. Eagle Nuts, Brian Eagleston, and our boy, Groomsy, a.k.a. Pubert, comes from dead last to finishing tied for third in the first major. So congrats, Groomsy. That is four times what you've won all year in one fucking weekend. Tied for seventh place, a two-way tie. This was another inspirational pick. These two guys were projected to go tied for first, heading into the final round of the Masters. Our guys, the Payne brothers, Brian and William Payne, former fucking one of my favorite guest pickers of all time and my member guest partner, Billy Payne, the rescue squad, and Bird's Picks, his brother. And in a two-way tie for ninth, rounding out the top ten, we had Mo Lester. That's Adam Lester. He was there with Sikkim Sooners, Trey Holmesy. Congrats to the Lesters. Mo Lester finishing top ten. I know I've been making a joke about how these guys have a feud with the McQueens. They don't really. I made all that shit up. They're all friends. So um, I do I do have to say that that does bring both Lester brothers in the overall top ten for the regular season standings and unchanged at the top for the regular season standings, the beta soy boys, Walker Milligan. Um, he is number one still now has a $1 million lead over new to the top 10 for the first time this year, all the way to second place. Roan bird, AKA Tramadol in third place. Give me that Jared Lester, one half of the Lester brothers in fourth place on an improbable run all the way to number four. I talked him into joining the league. I want to shake your hand, Ben Doherty. He's at number four. Number five, OKC Francine. Derek Francine is in the top, uh, moves up from 11 to number five. Down four to number six, Tiger Strong, Chris Strong. Keep picking strong there, Chris. I know you still got a bunch of the top players in the world to pick, even though you can't use Cam Smith anymore. Up 21 spots to number seven. The second half of the Lester brothers, Mo Lester, Adam Lester's at number seven. Up Eight spots to number eight. That's Garrett Browning. He's a great golfer. Play with him at twin. He can bomb the ball, and he fucking shot like 68. Um, at number nine, improbable, improbable run continues for the Dallas Sooners. Dane Covey, he's rounding out number nine. And in the 10th spot, Jay Black, 2021, Jordan Blackburn. Words with his improbable pick with Scotty Scheffler. He's going to jump 50 fucking spots all the way up to number 24 and now has a $1 million lead over me. I fell to number 48. So Words is double uh, my position. So I made this joke earlier when Words was here. I made fun of him back whenever he was you know, inside the top 100. Well, at least you're beating half the people. Now I am in 48th, and I'm the one who has to make excuses to make myself feel better. So... Um, as far as the RBC Heritage goes, it's obviously going to be a great week. It's a course that plays shorter. 
we're surprised at some of the fucking big names that are playing. Uh, Morikawa's there. JT is there. He's the overall favorite. Dustin Johnson, the man with the golden nose, is there. So um, it is a it is a lot of good players, surprisingly, this week. So I'm just going to go ahead, and I'm going to go ahead and give words and eyes picks um, from earlier. I decided to get a little weird with words and go with one of his picks from last week. I'm going with the Northern Ireland, Shane Lowry, which I got to think is going to be one of the most popular picks this week, the way he's playing, self-admittedly playing some of the best golf of his career. Um, Words' first pick, he's going back to the well. He's picking Patrick Cantlay. He thinks he's catching a discount on him. Um, I got to say I agree. Uh, He hasn't been in the best of form, but his statistics are better than you would think. He just putted like shit last week at Augusta, so he's rolling with Cantlay. I I like the pick because Cantlay, you know, isn't long off the tee, and this course kind of sets up for a guy who's more a precision player, not as much of a bomber, so Cantlay uh, fits that mode. My second guy, um, by the way, I only had Shane Lowry in the featured groups whenever we went over those, so I, I left a lot of drama out there for old wordsy. Uh, my second guy, one of the Kevins, not the guy that this ain't no hobby for, but I'm going with Kevin Nah, who's really been playing well. Even Words a couple weeks ago said he's playing some of the best golf of his career. I got to think he's a pretty sneaky pick here. Um, he led the tournament field in strokes gained approach last week at Augusta, so that kind of stat's going to play well here. So uh, I'm rolling with Kevin Nah. Words' second pick, he's going with one of his boys. I bet you guessed it, Sung J.M., one of the favorite Koreans of ours, but Words claims him as his own. Um, he's going with Sung J., which, again, great pick. He had a, the first round lead at Augusta, um, just had a couple bad rounds after that. So um, solid pick. And then I'll go ahead and give you Words' um, final pick because you know he's going with the Dakota Rose Tom Hoagie uh, in his last spot, uh, going back to the well for whenever Tom Hoagie got him the win at Pebble Beach. Uh, my third and final pick, I'm going back to the well as well. A guy who got me a second-place finish and should have probably won in Sony at, at Wailea, or Wailai, whatever the fuck it is in Hawaii. I'm going with Russell Henley. He's leading the tour right now in overall strokes gained approach. So, uh, again, you can kind of see the mold we're going with. We're going with guys that aren't necessarily the longest players on tour but are known to hit fucking good approach shots in. It's just going to be whoever's putter gets hot if these guys can get some wins. So we we both shied away from the biggest names on tour to kind of go with some of the guys that might be flying a little bit more under the radar. Aside from me with Shane Lowry, I do expect him probably to be the most picked guy in the league this week. So uh, those are the shit picks. Sorry we had to end it this way, but... I did everything we could just to get the show out. Words is entertaining his in-laws who were in town this week, or else he would have been over here. It's 10.40 p.m. I'm going to edit the rest of the show, get it out, post a great little pick for you guys, and I hope you enjoyed the improvised version and final ending of this show. I probably sound tired as fuck because I've got to feed my kid here shortly, but... Um, until next time, I swear we're going to try to figure out a way to back this up uh, <laughs> to where we don't lose quality shit because, as we say all the time, the show is fucking awesome, and it just sucks it has to end this way. So enjoy the golf this weekend. We'll see you guys next time, and as words would say, keep your head down. You can't drink like me. You can't smoke like me. Let's party together. Oh, my goodness.